Okay, that's smart. That's smart. But not with this. Right, it's a different story. I understand completely. (laughs) Okay, good morning, everybody. If you take a look on your photocopy handout, there's one in the back if you want there, Regina. And one, two, three, three pages in, and it's the back of the third page, where it says, Sefer Ve'ele Shemos. That's what it looks like. It's the back of page three. And if you don't have a front and back, then it might just be... Wrong one? Yeah, it's, it's after Vayichi. You keep going. Like, hold on a second there. Page, race, page. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so once again, it looks like this. Safer Valish was. It's on the back of. It should be page three, but if it's not, it's on the back of one of the pages. Vailishamos. The, the Ramban writes a hakdama, a beautiful, very yesodistic hakdama introduction to the Sefer Shemos that we're going to take a look at. Hishlim hakasuv Sefer Bereshis. The Torah has completed the book of Bereshis, Shahu Sefer Hayitzira, which is the book of creation. Yitzira means creation. If you need a handout, there's one on the back there. And it's on page three, the, the back of the third page, where it says, Ve'ele Shemos. So that's called Sefer HaYitzira, the book of creation. Bechidu Sha'olam, with creating the world brand new. The Yitziras Kol Notzor, and the creation of all created things. Ubemikrei Ha'avos Kulam. And with all of the events that happened to our Avos and our Imohos, that are recorded throughout Sefer Bereshis. Shehem ke'inyan yitzira lezaram. I know a very fascinating concept, the Ramban says, that what the Avos did is like a yitzira. It's a, a type of creation for their children, for their descendants. Right, so don't think that creation is part one and what the Avos did is part two. It's all a type of creation. God created the world, Sefer Yitzira, and what the Avos did, they are a, a creation for that which their children will follow. How is that? Mibnei shekol mikrehem siyurei devorim. Everything that happened with them, with our Avos, they are depiction of things, lermoz, to hint, lahodia, and to make known all that is going to happen to the children in the future, which we have referred to before as Masa Avos Simon But here the Ramban really puts it in a different context of its creation. It's so to speak, like they're creating us. What they did is creating the format, the history of our life. Ve'acharei shehishlim ha 
then once the book of creation has been completed with the creation of the world and the acts of creation that the Avos do, Hiskil Sefer Acher, the second book, begins, Sefer Shemos. In regards to the actions which come into fruition as a result of those earlier hints and ramazim in Sefer Bereshis. So it's like this, it's like the Avos are planting a seed, it's a type of Yitzira, Zeria, and then after it's planted, everything that's contained potentially in the seed, comes out, it grows. That's the next stage, it develops. That's Sefer Shemoth. So planting the seed is voracious. The seed sprouting, that's Sefer Shemoth. What they did is planting the seed. What happens to their children, us and their descendants, that is the development of that seed. V'nesiached Sefer Ve'ele Shemoth Be'inyan hagolus harishon hanigzar beferush ubigeula mimenu. And this sefer, Shemos, is designated, it's unique, in that it talks about the first golus, that means our, our time in Mitzrayim, which was decreed explicitly, meaning Hashem said this to Avraham Avinu at the Brisbane Habasorim. And he said, Ger Yehiyaz Aracha Beretz Lolohem. Your children will be a stranger in a land that's not theirs. He says, Va'avadum ve'inu osam, they will be slaves there. Ubiga'ula mimenu, and with redemption from that land. So it's Golus and Ga'ula. Golus in Mitzrayim and ultimately Ga'ula from Mitzrayim. Okay, now just uh, make sure we're on the same page one more time. So if you have this handout, that's where we have is one on the back page. Says Sefer Ve'ele Shemos is the page that we're on. It's the back of one of the pages toward the back. Now, just to uh, elaborate a little bit on this concept, the Orgedayahu uh, Rav Gedal Yeshur, Zichron Livracha, in his Sefer, he writes at the beginning of Sefer Shemos, he quotes this Ramban, part of the Ramban, brings out an interesting idea as well that there's a Medrash which says, that the word or is mentioned five times at the beginning of Bereshis. And I'll just read the sukim for you so we can hear those five times or. It begins with Pasuk Gimel. Vayomer Elohim, and Hashem said, Yehi or, that's one. Vayehi or, and there was light, that's two. Vayar Elohim esho or, kitov, Hashem saw the light, it was good, that's three. Vayavdel Elohim ben ha'or uvein ha'choshef, and Hashem separated between light and darkness, that's four. Vayikra Elohim la'or yom. And Hashem called to or yom. So that's five times the word or is mentioned. The Midrash Rabbah says each word or is connected one book of the Torah. Each word or is connected one of the Hamisha Chumashe Torah. So therefore the first one, which is Yehi or, when Hashem says, let there be light, that corresponds to Sefer Bereshis, which is, as the Ramban said, the book of creation. Let there be light. Light is created. The second expression is Vayehi or, and there was light. That is also the same idea that the Ramban mentions, the development of light. Vayehi. So Yehi or, let it be, that's creation. Vayehi or, and it was, that's the development of the creation. That's an associated idea from the 
or Gedal Yahu. Okay, now we'll go back to the Ramban. And he continues to say, V'lochein, therefore, Chazar v'hischil b'shemos yorde Mitzrayim, the Torah goes back and it repeats the names of those who went down to Egypt, Umisparam, and the number of the Jews who came down, even though in truth this has already been written earlier toward the end of Bereshis. Why? Because the going down of the Shvatim into Mitzrayim, who reishis ha-golus, that's the beginning of Golus, because that is when Golus Mitzrayim began. So even though they're not yet slaves, they're not Meshuba to Paro, they're even coming down in a state of glory. But once Yaakov Avinu and his sons arrive in Mitzrayim, that's the beginning of Golus Mitzrayim. Now, what he's saying here is that to show that this is Golus, even though we've already stated previously at the end of Veratius who the Yorde Mitzrayim were, the beginning of Shemos begins, Ela Shemos B'nei Yisrael HaBoi Mitzrayim, these are the names, it's like saying to us, we're going down into Golus. Here's Yaakov Avinu and all of his children and grandchildren in Mitzrayim. So that's why Shemos begins that way, to emphasize that this is now Golus and all the names of the Jewish people, Kla Yisroel, is there. Vihinei, HaGolus Enenu Nishlam. This Golus in Mitzrayim is not complete meaning to say we're not fully redeemed from it, adiyom shuvam el until the day that we return to our rightful place, which seems to be Eretz Yisroel. Now, I don't mean to say Eretz Yisroel is not our rightful place. It is, but you'll see why I say that in a minute. So returning to our place, ve'el ma'alas avosam yashuvu, and also returning back to the madrega of our avos, of our great Avos. So it's not only the physical redemption of B'nai Yisroel from Mitzrayim, which is our Geula. That's just physical Geula. In order to really be redeemed, there has to be this, the full spiritual actualization of the Jewish people. That's going to our Makom, and that we return to the level of our Avos. That, that means to say that the Shekhinah is with us. When we left Egypt physically on Pesach, even though we had gone out of slavery, so maybe you could say, ah, we're free, we're no longer slaves. We are still considered to be in exile, even though we left Mitzrayim, because we were in a land that was not ours, Nevuchim ba Midbor, and we were there confused walking around in the Midbor in a, a difficult way. Ukishabau el Harsinai. Then, when we came to Harsinai, Vaasu ha Mishkan, and following that we made the Mishkan, Vishav ha Kadishborahu, and Hashem Kiviochal returned. He was always with us, but this means he returned in an open fashion. Vihishresh Hinaso Benehem. And he brought his Shekhinah to reside and live with us, because that's what the Mishkan accomplished. Uz, Shavu el Ma'alas Avosam. Then we went back, we returned 
to the madrega of our avos, the stature of our avos, Shohoyasod, which is the secret of the Pasuk, Eloka Olai Ohaleim. Hashem rests upon their tents. It means us. He's living with us. So, according to the Ramban, the Geula from Mitzrayim becomes complete, A, with Matan Torah, and B, with the, with the bringing together of the Mishkan and the building of the Mishkan, because now the Shekhinah is with Klai Yisrael. That's redemption. Simply walking out of Mitzrayim is not yet redemption. It's only physical redemption, as important as it is. Torah and the Hashra's Hashchina, that's the full restoration of our level, Ma'alah Savosa. Can I get back to what I hinted to you a minute ago? Didn't he, didn't he say that going back to your Makom is part of it? And he said, Shavu al Makomim, you have to go back to your place in order to really be free. We had not yet. This is a difficulty in the Ramban. Because we're in the Midbar when we got the Torah and when we got the, Mish- the Mishkan and the Ashuraz Hashim, but we're not in Eretz Yisrael. That didn't happen until 40 years later with Yeshua ben Nun. So what does the Ramban mean when he first says that real Geula is going back to your Makom and having Hashuraz Hashchina? And then he says that we have it with the Shechina in the Mishkan, but where's the, where's the Makom part? Mrs. Fran, please. Okay, very good. And I think that that's the idea, and one of the Meforshim here brings this down, that the Hashras Hashchina, Hashem's being with us at that level, that's the place, right? When God is with Klal Yisrael at that level, that is our Makom. Hamakom, as a reference to one of the names of Hashem, now, the Ramban didn't, certainly doesn't say that explicitly, but you almost have to say that because he just said you have to be in your place. But, but we're not. We're in the midbor. So it has to be that the Hashra'as Hashchina is our place. And the fact that we're not physically yet in Eretz Yisroel, in terms of Hashra'as Hashchina, it's still complete. It could also be that this geula is the second approach to it, that the geula, of course, is not ultimately fulfilled until we mamish have a real Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. So this is almost geula with the Mishkan, but the real geula is Binyan HaMikdash, and the real, real geula is Mashiach Sidkenu when that comes. Because there are always levels upon levels of revelation and geula. So those are some possibilities. Now this is a statement from Chazal that refers to the Avos. It says the Avos are a Merkava. A Merkava you see translated as a chariot, but in this context it more so means they are a vehicle. The Avos are a vehicle through which the Shekhinah rests in the world. And now the Ramban is saying that we become that Merkava. B'nai Yisroel becomes the Merkava for the Shekhinah to rest in the Jewish people, now we're considered to be redeemed because the Shekhinah is with us. So just like the Avos accomplished that with their life and their Meissen, that the Shekhinah came down, we kind of replicated that. Once we had a Mishkan, the Shekhinah came down through us and, of course, on us. Therefore, Nishlam HaSefer Hazet, this book is complete only by Hashlimo Inyan HaMishkan 
when the Mishkan is completed. It doesn't end when we leave Mitzrayim. There's still another eight parshios in the Sefer Shemos before it ends. Ubihiyos kavod Hashem mole osotamid. And when the kavod of Hashem fills the Mishkan, now we can say that we are fully redeemed from Mitzrayim. It's a great insight into what we as Jews hold redemption really means. We never say the fact that we're physically out of trouble means we're redeemed. As much as we're grateful for that, but we know it's only partial until we have a spiritual restoration as well. Please, Mrs. Brown, yeah. The other uh, um, ways that you show about Shulamavuk, um, they don't seem to fit. They don't. Because he says Geula, right? He says here, it's a geula, once we had the Shekhinah with us, nechshavu geulin. Right. So I was just suggesting a possibility, because sometimes these terms are always relative. There's geula and there's geula, just like there's teshuva and there's teshuva, there's always different levels. So I was suggesting a possibility that, yes, this is geula, of course. We're out of Mitzrayim, we have a Torah, the Shekhinah is with us. But maybe ultimate geula has to be in Eretz Yisrael, as he mentioned before. But I, I would agree with you, Mrs. Fran, that in terms of the Lushan of the Ramban, that doesn't, doesn't quite seem to fit. Okay, any other comments? Yeah, please, Regina. Um, a little bit off the wall, but mm-hmm. Yes. Regina, you, you've been, you have accomplished that of sitting in the shear of a Hasidish Rav now for five years. And I want to tell you, I'm not even saying it tongue-in-cheek, because the Morinayim, the first Rabbi of Chernobyl, he writes a very similar thought at the beginning of Shemos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says that Elish Shemos B'nai Yisrael is the, the intrinsic connection of the Jewish people to the Shemos of Hashem. And he says every facet of the Jewish body pertains to a different type of Shem Hashem, Yud Ke Vav Ke, with different vowels, the head, the arm, the body. There's a Shem Havaya in every part of our being. So yes, it's very much connected. Is that, is that considered graduation or is, uh, <laughs> something like that? <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, any other comments or questions on that? Okay, so very Yisotistic Ramban. It's one of those Rambans that it's, Great to hazard and look at it because it really describes, you know, the place of Sefer Bereshis, the place of Sefer Shemos, creation, actualization, the Avos are creation, we are the actualization of their creation. So really important ideas as far as understanding the flow of the Torah and how it pertains to all of us in our lives. Yes. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember if there was uh, one at the, at the entrance to each Sefer, and I, I'm not sure. Um, I guess we'll just have to look to see if there's another Hakdama by Vayikra by Midbar Devorim. We should take a look at it before we break and see. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to take a look at Hava um, Nishak Malo. So if you go to the next page, which is page Resh Pei, Resh Pei. It's really the last page of the handout on the back. 
This is a scary Ramban. It's scary because it tells the story of the Jewish people and what we've been through in history over and over and over again and how we have to have our eyes open about who our enemies are and what they're trying to do to us and what their real plans are and what their uh, facade is and how they are quite different. So what happens? Paro sees the Jewish people growing, expanding, incredibly, in incredible numbers, miraculous numbers. So he says, Hava nishak Let's become wise to the Jewish people. Important, very important word, nishak Like the word chacham, but reflexive. Let's become wise. Let's get wise to them and figure out what to do. So Zak the Ramban, Lo ra'a paro v'chachme yo'atzav l'hakosam b'cherev. Paro and his wise counselors, they didn't see it fit to just go out and strike down the Jewish people by sword. Right? Why not? He's Paro. Just go out and kill him. Just go out and start killing Jews. Right. But we'll see how they got to that. Because this would be perceived by the Egyptian people, by the populace, as an act of treachery. To just go out and start to kill. For not. This nation that came down to this very land through the command of the previous paro, that's according to the opinion that this is a new paro. So what, what kind of treachery is that? You're going to go ahead and kill these people who you just welcomed and they, they were an, an, a great people with Yosef and his brothers? And the people of Mitzrayim would not allow Paro to get away with such a thing. Isn't that fascinating? That it's not at that stage yet. And Paro was like a god. But he's got his limits. Right? So he's, he's Paro, he can do whatever he wants, but not quite. And he's a ruler and he knows his people, so he knows that's not, this is not going to go over. The people will not accept it. Because after all, he was consulting with the people. His cabinet represents his people. And in addition to that, he'd have to consider going to battle with the Jews, even if he wanted to, because they were a large nation at this point. And it would be a big war. And Amalek has to consider, do I want to go through this big war? Do I want to really put all that at stake? So he didn't. Abel Omar, so what did he say? We have to do this in a wise, calculated fashion. So that the Jews will not pick up on it, that they won't perceive that we're dealing with them with hatred and animosity. We don't want them to know. So how does he start? He makes a mass. Literally means a tax, but it's also a general word. It's not only taxing money, it's when the king asks for people, 
when the king commands that there are those who have to come to serve him as laborers. That's also called amas. Hagerim I'm sorry, Hagorim because those who live in the land, they bring up mas, taxes, to the king, as was in the time of Shlomo HaMelech, that he took a poll of who was living in his kingdom, and he saw that several um, tens of thousands of people were, were there who were not intrinsically part of the Jewish people. They became his laborers. Uh, I think it was 70,000 people who hewed stone, 80,000 people who transported the stone. So it's kind of like that, that you have your people, and the king says, okay, you know, we need 100,000 laborers, and he calls the laborers. So that's how we started, that he said, you know, they're the Hebrews, they're living in our land, they're not quite us, so we will take from them the laborers. So if you look at that on the surface, you could say, okay, that's not so unreasonable, right? We're not Egyptians, so he wants us to be the laborers. Okay. Vacharechein Siva, and then after that he commanded the Seser, secretly, la mialdos, to the midwives, la harog hazuchoram alho avnoin, to kill the male-born Jews on the birthstone. In a way that even the mothers who gave birth would not realize that this is what, ha- what was happening, meaning to say that the midwife would say, oh, I'm so sorry the child was born dead. I'm so star- sorry it was a stillborn. I'm so sorry. You know, who knows? All the various things. And you know, all those things, they weren't saying that they're killing the boys. Then he takes the next step. And he says to his whole nation, Kol haben ha-yilod ha-yo-ore Any son who is born, cast them in to the river. So it's step by step, step by step. Ve'o'inyin, shelo rotsa litzavos l'sarei ha-tabachim asher lo l'horgam b'cherav ha-melech. And again, he didn't want to command his executioners, his secret police, to just start killing Jews by sword, or that they themselves would just come in and start throwing babies into the river. Because you notice the command to, from Paro? It wasn't to his secret police. It wasn't to his general. It was to the population, to the people. He's letting them know that they should throw the Jewish boys into the river. Avol Omar Lo'am, he says to the nation, Kasher Yimsa Kol Echad Yelad Yehudi. You know, if you should find a little Jewish boy, Yashli Chosobai, or throw him into the river, just, just drown him. Then what's going to happen? What are, what are the people going to do, the Jews who are not quite getting it yet? Call the police, right? Call the police. V'imitzak Avi Hayelad El Hamelech. Then the father's. The, the child's father then cries out to the king, O El Sar Ho'ir, or to the local government officials, to the governor, the police, Yomru Shayavi Adim. So the police will say, Okay, of course, so can you bring witnesses? Uh, can you prove that this is the case? Vyasabonakama, and of course, if you do, we'll do justice. So could you please prove to us that this is what's happening? Because of course, we want to help you, and we want to bring these horrible criminals to justice. 
If you can just hear the, you know, the ring of Jewish history in this Ramban. You know, the pretense, the, the real plan versus the, the fake plan. So that's what's happening. And we uh, are in this downward spiral of one decree after another, gradually, slowly losing our identity. You look at the gradual implementation of the Nazis in Germany and how they degraded the Jews gradually, gradually, slowly, slowly, until you can kill them because they're not human beings. So that you couldn't just do that in one overnight. Now Hitler, Yamach Shemot, understood this. You have to start in the early 1930s with the laws and the out, out, outlawing Jews from professions and closing their businesses. And, and he didn't just start to kill right away. It took him a good seven or eight years to get to that point. The Ka'asher Hutra Ritzuah Hamela. Then, when the Ritzuah, the reins of the king, were let loose, that's to say that the people in Mitzrayim, now they get it. The people get it that it's free. The Jews are free prey. Hutra Ritzuah Hamela. The reins are let loose. Now, instead of just, well, if they find the Jewish baby, they'll throw him into the river. Now they're going into our houses. And they're sneaking into our houses at nighttime. And they're disguising themselves. And kidnapping our children. That's the shot of the Pasuk when it says about Moshe Rabbeinu's mother, Yocheved, she couldn't hide him anymore because they were looking everywhere. It's a secret police of Paro coming into their houses and finding any child. So she couldn't hide him anymore. Venira. Now the Ramban steps back from there and he says, it appears, that this decree against the babies and the boys that it was for a relatively short period of time. It wasn't years and years. How does he see this? Kibaletis Aharon When Aaron was born, who's three years older than Moshe, the Gezerah was not yet in place. How do we know that? Because there's no mention of Aaron being having to escape uh, when he was born, of Miriam, uh, sorry, of Yocheved having to hide him. So we assume everything was still okay. That, so it's sometime after Aaron was born that this Gezeira was uh, put in place. Ukishenolad Moshe. And when Moshe was born, Niresh and Nispatla. It appears that the decree was canceled at this point. Now the Ramban gives a few reasons before he brings the Chazal reason. First of all, he says, Ulai maybe Basparo. Maybe the great Sadekes the daughter of Paro, Basio, or Bissia, she referred to in the, by Chazal, Bechemla Alav, Bechemla Alav, when she had compassion on this Jewish boy that she found in the basket, so maybe, Amra Aviha, she said to her father, Shaloya Asekin, you have to stop doing this. So, fascinating insight from the Ramban, that Basia is, is her compassion is not only for Moshe Rabbeinu, but when she saves him, he is suggesting that maybe she went into her father and said, enough, don't do this anymore. And she was a great woman in Sidekas. That's one. Oh, or another possibility, 
Kasher Nishma Kime'es HaMelech Nihiyo Hadavar, when it was finally clear that this was coming from the king, that people put it together and it went all the way back upstairs to Paro, finally, finally, then Bitel Osa, now he nullifies it. So when he can hang it on his local police or the local governor, it doesn't get that high up, you know, at the center of government, okay. But once it's understood that this went back to the palace, Bitel Osa, another, another insightful Ramban, you know, but sometimes what it takes before a government will change. It's only when the leader has to have responsibility on himself. If you can blame it on somebody else, you're not going to get real change yet. Oh, or now he says the Chazal, that it was through the astrologers, as the Chachamim said, I'm sure you're familiar with that, that they said to Paro, you know what? That boy that you've been looking for, he's already in the water. It's done. You can, re- you can repeal the decree. And what did they see? They saw Moshe Rabbeinu in the water, but except he was floating in the water in the basket. Right, so Baruch Hashem. Uh, that was the end of that decree. Once they saw in their astrology, which we can see has some power to it, that the baby is in the water. So those are possibilities for the repeal of the decree. Rabbi please. That ending certainly makes it sound like the whole plan was to was motivated by their knowledge that, that Moshe Rabbeinu was coming into the world. The killing of the boys, the first part about enslaving the people and Hava Nishakma, that's about the Jewish people. And Paro getting very nervous about them, so starting to make his way toward annihilating them or enslaving them completely. Then once the the uh, astrologers came in and identified the Moshiach Yisroel is on the way, that's when Paro made the decree about throwing the boys in the river. That seems to be two stages there. Yes, Elka, please. Right. Well, that, that second thing that you said is really, you know, it's crucial because, yes, Hashem and God is guiding the kings, but we do see about Paro that he was more cruel than necessary. So God is guiding him that they're, they're going to be the ones to enslave the Jewish people because of their own riches. They're the ones selected to do that. You don't want to be the nation who ends up having to persecute the Jews. Right? That's not a good thing. That's basically the end of that nation. So they're selected because of their own riches. But Paro overdoes it. And you can even see this already. Throwing baby boys into the river, you know, that seems to be beyond, you know, anything that was part of the Brisbane Abbasorim, which just said that your children will be enslaved in this land. So I think you have both things happening there. Please, Mrs. Friend, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. So when he offers three alternate suggestions, um... how do you look at that? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So this is how I would look at it: that in terms of what actually happened then, 
it happened in a certain way. But within each one of idea, these three ideas, they're all MS. Each idea is MS. It could each be equally true. It happened in one specific way. Another possibility is that all three of them happened. That Paro's daughter said, please stop doing this. And his, and his astrologer said to him that the baby's in the water. And he realized that, you know what, it's coming back to me now. People are realizing where the command came. It could, all, could be all three. Just in terms of your question, how we could possibly look at that. So when he says, oh, this or oh, that. So he's offering different, suggest- different ideas. And the first thing I said would be that it could be this and it could be that. And Beruah HaKodesh, all of these three, these three things are emes, which is to say they're all possible. Each one is an emistic way of what could have happened here. What actually did happen would be one of the three, according to that, that approach. Yeah, please, Linda. Yeah, I mean, well, yes and no. He's not a Navi, but he is a Baruch HaKodesh. So when people write Baruch HaKodesh, like the Ramban, like Rashi, like all the Rishonim, so their words are MS. Now what we have to do is... Uh, every yeah. Single time, every single yeah, even though they argue with each other, right? So the Ramban, who says about Rashi, who's also a Baruch HaKodesh, you're wrong, right? Yeah. Right. So maybe in Mitzius he's wrong. Maybe it didn't actually happen that way. But in those words is emes. There's an emes in there that is a lesson, is a teaching that applies at all times. Even if the actual reality somehow didn't happen that way. The words are emes. So he never had a bad day. He had some hard days. Some difficult days, but he didn't have a bad day, not, not relative to this. No. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a hard thing to say because. And I, I certainly don't know, you know, because we're talking about a madrega of, of such high stature like the Ramban, you know, the idea is that they're, they're living at, at such a high level of awareness that what comes out of his pen, you know, is Ruach HaKodesh, regardless of his mood. You know, the Hassam Sofer, just an example of this, that when he wrote something, he never changed what he wrote, because he wrote it. So he felt that there's Koach there, he did not change what he wrote. You have other gedolim who would erase and change and adjust, you know. Okay, eluva eluv. So I would tend to say that the Ramban, that whatever came out of his quill was emes. We're talking about one of the greatest, you know, people in the last thousand years. Yeah. Okay, so the last few lines on that page. Ki hakol hischakmus alehem shelo yodea hechamas. Going back to that word, it was all a hishakmus, it was all a cleverly laid plan. That the violence, which was their true intention, would not be known. 
So it's like last night when Abbas gets up and he condemns the horrible murder in Paris. And if anybody in the world believes such a facade, you know, then you have to be stupid. But that's what Paro's doing here, and that's what they're relying on, is that a lot of people in the world, a lot of people in the world don't want to see beyond the facade, especially when it applies to the Jews. Especially. So yeah, you can condemn a killing in Paris, but if it, if it was Jews, that's a different story. And we all know that. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, this you is, you know. Every once in a while, like they wake up. But believe me, by tomorrow they'll be asleep again. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, every once in a while. And you know, in my, in my opinion, this is Iran today, right? right? Their gradual pursuit of atomic weapons, of nuclear weapons. And we all know what's going on. Most of the people in the world know what's going on. There's a facade, you know, working with the world, and it's all for peaceful purposes. They're presenting a facade, evil people presenting a facade of normalcy, and in the meantime, the years and years go by, and they're getting closer and closer. It's much happening right, right before our very, our very eyes. So this is, uh, this is the history of our people. We should be wise to this by this stage, and I think most of us are. Unfortunately, we have a, a segment of, of our own people who just don't get it, in addition to a lot of people in the world. Okay, so on the top of the uh, next page, the last page of the handout, Alright, so now we can understand. When Moshe Rabbeinu comes down and then Paro worsens the labor, you have to gather your own straw now. And remember, that was the, that was the last step. The straw, literally the straw that broke the camel's back, the last step. They had no more koach, no more time, nothing. They're mamish on the edge of collapse. And that pushed them over the edge. So, Asher hivashtem es reichenu So what did the Jews say to Moshe Rabbeinu? You made us stink in the eyes of Mitzrayim. Now they're going to draw a sword against us. So you hear what he's saying, that beautiful deal? Now they're going to come openly. Up until now, at least it's been behind the scenes. Moshe Rabbeinu. But now, you're giving them an excuse to just come out and start wiping us out by the sword, even though we all know that they were on the way to that anyway. They're saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, now they're going to hate us more. And they'll find a pretense. They're going to say we're rebelling against the king. So you're making it even harder for us. The Yahargu Osanu Becherev Le'enei Hakol. 
Now they're just going to come out openly and start annihilating us. They're not going to have to act cleverly anymore. They're not going to have to act in secret anymore. You're, you, what you've done is push it out into the open. That's their fear. So we can, uh, we can hear all of the historical ramifications of this mimer and how many times this is part of our life and saying to somebody, oh, now, now you really made it bad for us, you know, as if, as if. Of course, they're heading in that direction anyway. So that's Paro's Hava Nishakma. Let us get wise to the Jewish people and the gradual oppression of the Jews and, and the changing of the mentality of his people who at the beginning would not go for this because it would be treachery and getting to the point where those same people are throwing babies into the river. Hashem Yishmor Aleinu. Yeah, please, Mira. Doesn't that remind you This is very much like Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. And you look at Kristallnacht in 1938 and, you know, that benchmark, you know, of, of getting a point to a national scale of open violence against the entire Jewish community and every shul, you know. And what I read at, about this is that the Nazis were waiting to see at that point what will be the reaction. Once they pushed it really far, they were waiting to see what's the world going to say, how far can we go with this. Yeah, Rebison, please. Arabs, Palestinians, whatever, are just doing the same thing. It's always testing, you know, and I mean, I think they're, I mean, just this last thing with all of the encouragement, in a certain sense, was a, it was awful and any death is uh, horrific, mm -hmm. but it, it could have been a lot worse <laughs> that we're relative to the population yeah. of the Arabs. Yeah. They were certainly being given, being pushed, given all of the reasons and all of the lies to, you know, demonize the Jews and, and all the permission to go out and openly massacre them. Yeah. That's all part of Havan Yishak They incite, they know, they know the language that they use, very, they know very precisely the, the language that they use to bring about that violence. Yeah, Dory, please. Yeah. I mean, it, it is tremendously frustrating when you see the Shekhar, you know, the promotion of Shekhar in the media and in the world, it's very frustrating. I think that we have to gain chizuk from each other. You know, our, our chizuk does not come from out, from out there. We, we're looking in the wrong place. It's nice, you know, when you have a government or a head of state like the Canadian Prime Minister who, get, who gets it and verbalizes it. It makes us feel like somebody understands. It's nice. But that's, and it's important. It's more than nice, it's important. And, but that's not ultimately you know, where we're, we're getting our fees from. It's from each other and, of course, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We are Am Levadad. We we're a nation unto ourselves. We're alone. And that's, those are eternal words, and we have to draw our chizuk from 
our own people. I think it helps to an extent. You know, I think it does help to an extent. If you can clarify. Someone told me recently, a friend of mine, they were having, having a conversation with somebody, I think it was at work, and they're just, you know, regular American, just like, can you tell me a little bit about, about this? So he described to them our position, and the guy said, well, you know, thank you very much. I really, I never knew that. I never, I just, he just watches CNN, you know. What does he know? So, oh, I never knew those things. So it helps. And I think where we have the opportunity to explain, we should. It's important for people to know. And some people are simply not in the know. They're not biased against us. They have, they have wrong information. But does it help on the large, large scale? Hard for me to believe that, that it does. Yeah, yeah please, Esther. Um, just on the idea of getting visits from each other, yeah. I'd just like to tell over something that happened to me. Um, Several, uh, over the summer, um, my house is Rosh um, We had a discussion one day about how scared people were with what's going on, and how clear it seemed to be that it, this is all Yad Hashem. I mean, the, the blindness of the world is it's beyond stupid in terms of everything. Um, and but people were like feeling so upset and scared, and. After the after the Habura, I ran errands and it became dark and I, I was driving home. And as I am turning into the alley to get to the back of my house, um, I suddenly remember the story of Rabbi Akiva and uh, with the other Rebbeim and he looks down at the base of Mikdash and there are the foxes and he starts laughing because this is showing that Hashem's truth will prevail. So I'm thinking, okay, Yad Hashem, everything is going haywire in the world. It makes no sense. This really must mean Mashiach is coming. Amen. So I'm driving down our alley. I park behind my house. I walk towards the, my back door, but I can see um, the main street, and it's lit by a street light. Main Street's Menlo Drive. It's kind of a busy street. Plain as day, as I look over, there is a fox walking down the street, the middle of the street. Not skulking, but walking down the street, proud as he And I was like, thank you, Hashem. I wanted, I wanted to share that with everyone because when we get so scared, Hashem's bringing the Shia. So. I mean, can you hear son? That, that's going to change my point of view now when I see the foxes run across the street now, I guess. We, sorry, we do have one more week, even though the official uh, WIT semester ends today, but I'm going to teach a class next week to make up for one of the ones that were gone. So one more of Israel Hashem. Don't have the photocopy. You can keep this one if you want, or else just leave it on the table and I'll pick it up. Have a great day, everybody. I'll get you in a minute. Have a great week, too. Can you hand that to Gail? So we're going to, Gail, I'm putting this on your. How do you know? Because I guess they have much people who did it. So I'll just say, it was 60.